Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Hello and welcome. Today we're talking about spotlighting food for winter running. So that goes very nicely with our episode last week when we looked at nutrients for winter running. So today what we're doing is focusing on four lovely seasonal foods and putting them together in a one-day menu plan so that you can put everything into action after the episode. We really hope you enjoy it. It was actually a topic that we recorded last winter, so it's episode 30, uh, but we thought you'd really enjoy listening to it again. I know we certainly enjoyed remembering about the lovely seasonal foods and how they can help us. We'll be back next week with brand new content, so we look forward to you joining us then. Welcome to the Food Force Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Ronner's Health Hub. Hi, welcome everybody. I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. So today we're spotlighting food for winter running because we're about to get into the winter months. So just to give you an outline of today's episode, we're going to be discussing four separate foods which could support your running performance as we move through winter. We're going to consider how they could form part of a meal for you to enjoy. And by the end of the episode, we'll be sharing with you a one-day meal plan just to give you some ideas of how you could utilize these four different foods. So hi, Karen, how are you today? Hi, I'm fine, thank you, Aileen. Yeah, really well. Great, so can we start off by outlining the four foods that we've chosen for our discussion today, four foods that are seasonal and that are also uh, known to promote uh, great health? Yeah, sure, Aileen. So the four that we decided to discuss for this episode um, are butternut squash, which is also known as winter squash and is from the same family as the pumpkin, which is really popular at the moment because of Halloween, because we're just coming up to the end of October. Um, Cranberries, uh, pears and beetroot. Great. So some really delicious, colourful foods in the spotlight today. Uh, and apart from cranberries, they're all homegrown seasonal foods. So when I say homegrown, I mean UK uh, homegrown mm-hmm. seasonal foods. So they should be quite easy for us to get hold of. 
Um, and it also means that our food miles uh, are low. Um, so that's, uh, that's good for the environment too, um, as well as the foods being very nutrient dense. So let's have a, a brief look at each of the foods and how they may support our running during the winter months. So let's start with butternut squash, Karen. What can you tell us about that? Well, the first thing I would say about butternut squash is that it's a really good source of um, carbohydrate. So a really great energy source for for our running. Um, and I think it's a real hearty vegetable. So we'd make a great substitute for, for grains or say white potatoes. Um, and actually the, the taste and tex- texture of a squash um, are very similar to sweet potatoes. So it could be used in a, in a really similar way as, as you use sweet potato. Um, and as well as a good carbohydrate source, squash is, is, um, a good source of vitamin C. And as we know, vitamin C is really important for our immune health as well as, um, as our soft tissue support. Yeah, so this humble vegetable could give us quite a lot of energy for our running and it also helps reduce the risk of infection and injury, which we're always trying to do. Um, and I know that squash also contains decent levels of vitamin B complex, so that will also help us support with energy production. So uh, we've got three really good reasons to include it in our food plan. Um, so let's move on now to cranberries. So um, these tiny berries could really um, help us with our winter running. So cranberries are packed full of phytonutrients, which are natural compounds found in plant foods. Um, they work together with other nutrients to keep us healthy. So there's a particular phytonutrient um, in cranberries, which is key to help us as runners, and it's called proanthocyanin. Cyanidin. These long words. I can't say. So we're going to short it to PAC. And, and it's found to prevent and treat infections, especially urinary infections. So I think many people might know that cranberries, cranberry juice is always something given when we have a urinary tract infection. Um, and there's been lots of studies around the benefits of, of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it is thought, Aileen, that these PACs, I'll call them, um, uh, inhibit the adhesion of the bacteria, including E. coli, actually, because E. coli quite often can be uh, a cause of urinary infection. Um, and, and the PACs inhibit their adhesion to the wall of the urinary tract. And if they're unable to adhere, then they're just flushed away. So that's the, the, the principal way that, that they work. So really another good, um, great food really to, to help support our, our immune system and reduce our risk of contracting an infection over the winter months. Um, and then just thinking about the pears, so they c- contain a lot of phytonutrients as well. And the phytonutrient in them that could help support running performance is known as epicatechin. So another tongue twister really early. <laughs> Now, this compound is thought to be involved in the contraction and relaxation of arteries. So really supporting our cardiac health, really. Wow. So that's really a good one for us as runners, too. And when we were uh, having a little read about um, some of the um, 
the foods that we were going to talk about today, I discovered that in the UK, there's over 500 variety of pears, which I can hardly believe um, because we don't see all of them in the supermarkets or uh, shelves. But the most uh, commonly eaten ones tend to be commerce pears or conference pears. Uh, and you also see Concord pears coming in third place. So um, they're, they're really delicious fruits and, and they can contain quite a, a good level of natural sugar. So on average, about 9.8 grams per 100 grams. So a pear would be a really good energy choice uh, for those 30 minutes immediately following an endurance run or even in the hour before a long run. Um, so, you know, it's another one to think about and have, you know, in the fruit bowl. Um, so we could also have a quick look at beetroot before we move on. And um, most of us um, might have seen or maybe tried the beetroot shops that are shots that are available in the shop. So, um, you know, you, you might have seen some of these as being um, promoted as being um, very positive for, for runners, um, particularly because there's been a lot of research into the benefits of nitrates, which um, beetroots include. And the nitrates um, help increase blood flow. Yeah, that's right. So, so what happens is these nitrates um, within within beetroot are converted to nitric acid in the body, and they have been shown to help dilate blood vessels. So that really helps to enable an increase and efficient flow of oxygen through the blood vessels, which clearly is going to provide us with more energy um, for our running. So a, another really great uh, vegetable. So I think they're really, you know, they're seasonal, but I think they're also really fantastic vegetables, these four. Well, vegetables and, and fruits, actually, to support mm. our running. And just sort of thinking about beetroots as well, you know, the 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 roots provide us with the nitrates and some other um, nutrients as well. But it's interesting that the beet greens are actually known to be more nutrient dense. Um, but, but it is they, we do tend to throw those away rather than actually use them. So and, mm. and uh, you know, it has been shown that they provide us with um, calcium um, iron and also vitamin C, again, all of which are important to a runner for our immune health, but also for our bone health and again for energy. So what I would say is don't throw them away, you know, add them to your next salad all chopped up or maybe um, put them into soups or stews rather than in the recycling bin. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Karen, because if you go to a supermarket, sometimes the, the leaves are all chopped off to make it easy for packing. But if you, if you mm. go to the market or a local green grocers, you'll, you'll find the, the beet leaves are still there and they do tend to look a bit, um, oh, sometimes a bit grungy, don't they? So you yes. need to, you know, give them a good wash, but, um, they'll, they'll actually be full of nutrients. So. Mm. Good idea, Karen. So um, yeah. you've already started mentioning some meal ideas, so it might be a good idea if we move on and consider how these different foods could form part of a meal for everyone to enjoy. So we've talked about the health benefits to a runner, particularly of butternut squash, cranberries, pears and beetroots. Uh, particularly thinking about a focus on the winter months. Um, Karen, could you give us some ideas about how we could incorporate the butternut squash to begin with into our food plans. 
Yeah, sure, Aileen. So my favourite way, actually, of eating butternut squash is to um, half it lengthways, um, take out all the seeds from um, the, the, the the middle bit, and then just roast it with a little bit of um, olive oil. And then whilst it's roasting, I'll maybe make sort of some sort of a filling for it. For example, maybe mixing lentils and tofu with lots of different vegetables, garlics, herbs and spices. And then just um, sort of filling the butternut squash with that um, afterwards. And, and it's just, it's such an easy meal to make. It's it's really nutritious and really filling. Um, and, and and also in these winter months, it's just it's just really satisfying. And I can actually get through a whole because you, you can they can be quite sizable these butternut squashes. And I am capable of getting through not not a whole squash, but a whole half squash. And that's actually quite sizable. But um, so I have to think portion control depending on how much training I've done. Because clearly it is really if, if I've done a lot of training, then eating a half one is is actually going to be quite good. But what I also do is um, I like to use the seeds um, rather than throwing them out. I wash them, clean them, take off all the stringy bits of, of um, squash that, that, they, that gets caught there. And then I pop them in an oven dish with a little bit of olive oil and some spices. And then I just roast them until they're cooked and crunchy and then kind of let them cool. And you know they are so they are so delicious on top of a of a sal- sprinkled on top of a salad or just as a snack. So um, so those are the, that's the way I tend to use a squash. How about you, Aileen? How how would well, you? Yeah, I've done something similar uh, with the you know stuffing the um, the halves of the um, squash, and then what I've done is I've sort of put them back together and put string around them and roasted it as a whole. And then what you can oh. do is cut it into slices, and that looks really nice. Um, you know, oh, if you've got yes. people coming around for dinner and you might want to serve it alongside something else. Um, so yeah, it's really, mm. and I love the idea like of the crunch, crunchy seeds. That sounds a nice thing to do. I've never done that. So mm. I'll, I'll take mm. that on board. Um, yes. so I, 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 as the winter sort of draws in, I, I love to eat soups and, um, squash, uh, roasted in, uh, to make a soup is just delicious, full of flavor. And that's a really nice, um, lunchtime meal. Um, and I also like to use squash in a curry, um, which is great if you, you know, you've done a really long run and need some extra energy, um, to have it, you know, in a curry alongside maybe, uh, lentils. Um, I love it with coconut milk. Um, and you might want to, you know, if you're not vegetarian, you could add things like chicken or, or lamb to it. That would be really nice. Um, and it's also great in a risotto. Um, risotto with squash could be quite a heavy carbohydrate choice but you know depending on the length of your run and how intense it's been maybe that would be a good thing to have um so and the the other thing that you could do is uh, roast the squash into you know make it into chunks and roast it and uh, put some cranberries together with it so that's a really nice combination and you obviously get uh, two for one there and another yeah. thing that is just popping into my mind um, that I like with um, with cranberries, um, I don't know whether we're going to talk about them later. Do you want to talk about that later, Karen? No, that's fine, Aileen. Carry on. Okay, so we're cran- cran- to cranberries. cranberries anyway. I'm, on, I'm on a roll now, so I'll go with cranberries. Yes. So I was just thinking about mm. um, I really like 
uh, red cabbage with cranberries and chopped apples. So I braise it and um, what I'll do is I'll, I usually put it in my slow cooker. So I just shred the cabbage, put, you know, copious amounts of cranberries in, a uh, couple of chopped apples, um, maybe some grated fresh ginger and a good spoonful of mixed spice. And then I just put the lid on the slow cooker on the slowest um, temperature and just let it braise for hours. So I don't add any extra liquid because you find that's quite a lot of liquid comes out of the cranberries and the apples. Um, it just absolutely smells delicious. And then what I do is I'll pack it into containers and freeze it and then I'll eat it throughout the winter. So it sort of was a Christmas recipe that's ended up being something that I just love all year round. Mm. Well, I really love the sound of that, Aileen. I've never made anything like that. So, um, and I do have a slow cooker, so I might just see if if the cranberries are in the shop shed, and and make that um over the next week or so. Yeah. What um, What do you do with cranberries? Have you got any other nice recipes, Karen? Well, I do tend to make cranberry sauce. You know, that's the 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 well known use for cranberries, isn't it? And and I have to say that I I do like it with cheese on a, on a special occasion if we've got people round or whatever. Um, and I have to say the family love it with with their meat around Christmas time. So that is something that I do. Um, but but recently actually I found a. a an excellent recipe for a cranberry and beetroot compote. So another two for one, really, a two for one recipe. Um, and I'm going, I'm going to try it, um, just to see what it's like. And, and it's, it advertises it as a good topping for porridge. And basically it contains a diced apple, cranberries, and you can have the cranberries fresh or frozen, actually. Um, some raw beetroot grated. Um, a little bit of maple syrup and um, orange juice and then a teaspoon of cinnamon, cinnamon and vanilla extract. And then again, you just put it in a pan. I suppose you could do it in the slow cooker as well, yeah. actually, Aileen. Um, but just put it in a pan together and just let it simmer. It says 30 minutes um, in a pan, but I suppose it could just cook on a really low setting mm. in a slow cooker for hours. So I fancy trying that one as well. Lovely. That sounds really, really mm. unusual. And uh, that sounds great. So yes, um, I suppose you could swap the apple for a pear. Um, so you could then get a three in one yeah. recipe. Um, I might try yeah. that. So um, mm. speaking of pears, um, some other ideas for introducing pears um, into our diet. So um, I quite like chopping them up into a salad with maybe some cheese and some nuts. Um, goat's cheese and walnuts go very well with pear. Um, and also, you know, you could add some pear slices to a cheese board. Um, so, you know, cheese board is a special treat for me, but when it comes out, it's a nice celebration to a meal. Mm. Uh, but I do mm. love cheese. Um, so that it's a nice thing to do. Um, another sort of favorite with my family is to have warm poached pears during the winter, um, which, you know, you could have as a dessert or maybe at breakfast. So you could have it with Greek yogurt or maybe coconut yogurt. Um, if you wanted it to be a little bit more of an evening type treat, you could grate some dark chocolate on the top. Um, you could have them stewed with porridge or you could make a crumble um, or just have it as a snack. You know, it's just a, I love a crunchy pear as well as a ripe pear. So it's they're quite a nice, um, satisfying snack. So what about you, Karen? I know you've used pears in lots of different ways. What, what are your favourite recipes? 
Yeah, yeah, I have alien it. And, and I think what this is showing is just how versatile a pear is. You know, you can use it in sweet things. You can use it in savory things. You can have them fresh. You can have them stewed. They're really quite versatile, aren't, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. So, so for me, I do make, um, a pear and chia jam. Um, sometimes I haven't made it for a while. So, you know, this is getting me thinking again. And it's just really simple. All you need to do is sort of cook the pears until they're really soft and become mushy. Then put them in a bowl, add some chia seeds, maybe just about a tablespoon of chia seeds or, well, it depends how many pears I suppose you're cooking. But um, if, say, you've got about three or four pears, you can maybe add a tablespoon of chia seeds, a little bit of vanilla extract, may, maybe mix it all through and then put it in the fridge for a while until the, the chia seeds start to plump out and thicken the jam. Um, and that then could be used again as a as a topping for, for yogurt. You could use it on toast or bread or whatever. And also you could potentially add ginger to give it a, a, an added bit of flavor if, if you wanted to. Mm. So quite a few things to do yeah. with pears. And then just sort of thinking about beetroot, um, before we move on again, we've already mentioned a, a couple of ways to, to use the beet leaves, um, and the beetroot when we were speaking about the cranberry uh, compote. But I have to say, they, I think they're really delicious, just simply roasted and eaten as a side dish, either on their own or with other roasted vegetables. Um, and the other thing I sometimes do is I'll add some cooked beetroot to my hummus just for something a little bit different. So I make hummus a lot because I love hummus and it just... It gives it a different flavour, a different taste. And I have to say, the colour is absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, how about you, Aileen? How, how do you tend to use your beetroot? Uh, well, all of the above, I would say. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I use I, I do like roasted beetroot and beetroot hummus. Um, but I also have a really delicious, easy soup recipe. And it's um, there's only three ingredients. It's cooked beetroot, um, apple. You know, I usually use a cooking apple. Um, and coconut milk and you basically, um, you know, chop them all up, put them in a pan and then I whiz it, whiz it all together, blend it, uh, and warm through. And like you said, Karen, it's like a really bright, zingy pink color. So it does look quite stunning, but it's got a beautiful tart taste. The apple just gives it something special. And obviously the coconut mm. milk is makes it lovely and creamy. Um, so it's really easy to do. And I, I would do that, as I say, with cooked beetroot. I might even use a vacuum packed beetroot. So that's like one of my store cupboard things that I would always have in the fridge is cooked beetroot. And it's easy to use in that way. Um, and I know Karen, you made it recently, didn't you? And you said that you chilled it rather than made it warm. So how was that? Yes, that's right. Because you gave me, I can't remember what we were speaking about, Aileen, and you gave me the recipe and uh, we had people coming round that weekend. I thought, okay, that is the starter. I'm sorted. Um, and I have to say, um, it was so well received. Everybody wanted more and I didn't actually have any more to, <laughs> to give them. It only, uh, I only made enough for six people and that was it. It was shared out. So, um, so they were begging for more, but I didn't have oh, any. Oh, well, that's a really good sign. I'll, uh, I'll try it chilled sometime. And, um, my other favorite beetroot recipe is to make a dip. So I'll use cooked beetroot with, and I'll put a can of cannellini beans with it and a dollop of natural yogurt and a squeeze of lemon. And then I just blitz that again in my blender. 
and you get it's like vibrant purple, but it tastes fantastic. Um, it's great with, you know, maybe sticks of vegetables or crackers or even the one time I made so much of it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through all of this. So I was like putting it on my salads at lunchtime as well. So it's just a really nice extra taste, um, sort of as a salad accompaniment. So, um, mm. so yeah, the beetroot can be used in many different ways. Um, so hopefully we've been able to give you some quick and easy meal ideas, um, to help you incorporate these winter foods into your daily food plan. And, you know, remember that there's some really great nutritional benefits, which, which may help your running performance during the winter. Um, so we're going to round up now and we're going to try and, uh, put together a one day meal plan just to give you some um, sort of takeaways from today's episode. So Karen and I always try to keep things simple and healthy, and hopefully you'll feel that some of our suggestions are doable and that, that you can maintain them because, as you know, being consistent is really key to success. So, you know, don't just try these ones. Keep adding them into your into your food plan. So, Karen, let's start with breakfast. Um, what could um, everyone incorporate for breakfast using at least one of the foods that we've discussed today? Yeah, well, to try and keep it simple and easy, like you you say, Aileen, um, especially if you're having your breakfast after you've been out for for a run, potentially a long run, I would really suggest maybe the porridge with with the stewed pear. Uh So you could potentially stew the pear in advance the day before or something and have that in the fridge. Um, And you could maybe add a a little bit of, of um, fresh ginger just for extra flavor and also to help support the immune system even further and also maybe soak the the oats overnight as well so that they'll cook much more quickly when it comes to to making the porridge and then just put some of the um the stewed pear on top of that and voila you've got you've got a really good breakfast mm. how about you Annie? what would you suggest for lunch here Okay, well, just before I go on to lunch, I was thinking about that. Um, was it the beetroot and cranberry compote that you said? That would be nice for the porridge as well. Just start going back a step. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, I've just yes. been making porridge for my dad today, and he's a Scotsman, and he's got a very particular way of having his porridge. I was given oh, very yes. pre- precise uh, uh, instructions about how to make it with salt and etc. Sure. He would just uh, run out of the room. I think if I suggested putting a beetroot compote on it, <laughs> I might make yes, I might yes. make some and not tell him what it is. See what what happens. <laughs> yes, I think my dad would be the same. I think they're on the same wavelength. It has to be made with water and salt, and that Absolutely. is it. Okay, so yes. you're asking me yes. about lunch ideas. Um, Yes. So I think that um, a really simple lunch would be a winter salad using the beet greens chopped up that we talked about earlier Mm. and maybe put some roasted Mm. beetroot and red onions and um, some feta cheese or goat's cheese would be good too. Um, And then maybe a, a dollop of cranberry relish to go along with it. So. Wow. I'm envisaging that, Aileen, as we speak, and it just sounds delicious. <laughs> and what about you? What about you, Karen? Can you um, give us a suggestion for um, for dinner? Yes. Um, 
So I'm thinking that maybe the squash curry could be a really good choice. Uh Um, But I would maybe think about adding lentils or maybe chicken to that. Um, If you're not vegetarian, clearly. So so lentils, if you are vegetarian, chicken, if you're not, just to keep that um, protein content up. Uh, and again, it could be made in the slow cooker, like we were saying earlier. Um, so it's a really little effort. Um, or it could be made in the, earlier in the day. And this can sometimes, if you make it earlier in the day and then you just leave it sitting until dinner time, it can sometimes really help bring out the flavors of the spices. Yeah. And, um, and what I would say there is if there's extra carbohydrate needed, for energy due to, due to whatever your training schedule is. You could maybe have this with brown rice. But if, say, it's it's a rest day or it's a low training day, then I think just the curry itself is going to be hearty and filling enough uh-huh. without the, the rice. So that would be my my um, thoughts for, mm-hmm. for dinner. Okay. Um, and Aileen, just to finish and maybe you could give us a a couple of snack ideas yeah well a very easy one would be um slicing up a pear and maybe having it with some nut butter or you could maybe have the pear and chia jam on oat cakes that would be a good easy one too um i love the idea of your roasted squash seeds so you know once you've roasted them you could put them Mm -hmm. in a tub and then they're there for a good snack um, and then finally, you could do a dip. So either the beetroot hummus or maybe the beetroot and cannellini bean dip that I mentioned. And you could have that with some vegetable sticks. So plenty of choices on the snack front, I think. Yeah, definitely. Great. So um, that's our one day meal plan. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed us uh, sharing some ideas and that you feel that you can incorporate some of these ideas into your daily diet to support your winter running um so thanks so much for joining us today um i hope you've enjoyed it and remember don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. 
There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.